Y'all in the winning circle, shots of squares though You in the killing fields, ignoring the scarecrows Yeah ho, I'm Benny Blanco in the last scene Making the power play high off of caffeine This is a tag team, fantasy the bad dream The male version of Carrie killing the class queen Bati bloggers quit dodging my emails Take yeah. that whack shit off, the real revamp the free lunch podcast home of the new south movement and the new south movement network this is your boy tight one half of the free lunch podcast duo got bgz with me bgz yep yep how you doing sir man i'm blessed you know what it is free lunch podcast we finna do this again man we finna do it again this is what we do hashtag never not working never not working that that that's that, those are the three words that i describe you sir yes sir and we we really are all about that and you know i think they thought we was gonna quit i don't think they thought we were gonna be doing it this long and be doing it this well nah i don't think so either but we got another show on tap yes we really do. looking forward to this one because again this is this is uh family uh and for those that have listened to previous podcasts you may have listened to uh, made man, uh, which is probably to me one of the most inspiring stories of 2015. Uh, but it's a story about my cousin and how he essentially went from being adopted, uh, to losing his mother to, to, to cancer, uh, and then essentially going off to college and trying to figure his way, uh, only to, uh, to get into the army and to the military. And now he's raising a, a family of three, has a very strong wife and, uh, that story, uh, was told from his side and from his perspective. But on today, we actually have his sister who had the exact same experience. And, uh, I want to make certain we capture her story and we be able to tell, uh, tell the story from her side as well. So what you think, BG? And I remember us talking about that and we got into it. And, and it, like you say, Cook gave his, you know, his, his, um, experience and, and let us know kind of what he was going through, what his thoughts were throughout the process. Um, but at, he did hint that his sister's experience was a little bit different. The way that she kind of responded to some of the information that was revealed to them as they got older. So this is going to be a great continuation of that interview um, and allow us the opportunity to see both sides of the spectrum. When you have two individuals that are, basically going through the same thing, but may possibly come out of the situation with some different tokens or take-home points. So this will be great for our listeners as we talk about the foster system and, and some of the things that, as people get older, um, how their childhood affects them and impact, impacts their lives going forward. Yep. So with no further uh, ado, we have Shannon in the house. Shannon, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting on this moment, Shannon. Glad you come and sit down with us and, and join us on the Free Lunch Podcast. Hey, I'm glad to be here since y'all kept asking. <laughs> yeah, we, we put that pressure on you now. We almost forced you into saying yes. Oh, yeah, y'all do. Jeremy was going to ask me about three, four more times. I said, let you me go and do it. <laughs> So, 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 Shane, let's get right into it. You listen, did you listen to the episode, uh, Man Made with, uh, with your brother? Of course I did, yeah. What you think about that show? <laughs> yeah, he did good. I was shocked. Y'all, y'all be asking them deep questions. Y'all were ready. Y'all, like, y'all had wrote it down. No, we didn't. We ain't write <laughs> <laughs> nothing down. We just went right into it. But, 
Uh, Reggie told us a lot, and he really gave us his side and his perspective. And in the next 30, 45 minutes or so, we really want to do the same because I think it's important for, for the world and for America to hear both sides. Um, when I say both sides, just hear the, hear the whole story and also hear your experience. Do you remember when you first got, got adopted? Yeah, I remember the, uh, the time when, uh, we first got there and my mom told me like, yeah, you didn't want to be here. You had packed up your stuff, said, come on, Reggie, we walking. How <laughs> <laughs> old, old were you when you said that? Oh, I was two. I was two. I, I was ready to go and and he was always like, No, we gonna stay here with them. I was like, it's like, no, no for sure. But yeah, I always been been ready, been out the out the door and, and I always like, Oh, I don't really trust too hard, but they was good to me. Why you why you say you was ready to go? It was just a new place and unfamiliar territory? Oh yeah, I I was like I don't recognize these places and and we had a whole bunch of brothers and sisters, uh, foster brothers and sisters, and I was like, what Popeye? Why Ivan? Sunshine, them ain't here either. I was like, you remember the foster the foster children that was in the uh, in the foster children? Uh-huh, I remember Popeye, Ivan, and Sunshine. Really? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> wow, that's like you were two <laughs> years old. I remember them same names because and I then my 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 mama kept telling me. Them the only three you keep saying. I was like, yeah, we must have been around the same age. And then when she showed me the pictures, I was like, yeah, it must be them three right there. So you saw the pictures of um of those three uh, individuals? Uh-huh. My mom got, he, she had everything. She had pictures of every sister and brother we had, our foster parents and everything. You know, she didn't keep nothing from us. So when you were growing up, um, just take us through like those elementary days. And how did you feel? At during that period of time, I felt good for one because we went to private school, so I was like, okay, I went too into the world, <laughs> went too into the world. So we went to private school, all the elementary, all the way up until high school, really. And then elementary school, it was more like our cousins, our friends. We we don't need to meet too many more people, so it was like it's just me, him. Chris and Jeremy Ronald. <laughs> we, knew, we knew a couple people at school, but you couldn't go to their house. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're just rolling with the squad. Yeah, no ro- friends, rolling right? with the squad. BG, I got to give you uh, just some background. So, uh, so Shannon and, and Cook and um, they all lived around the corner from us. So we literally could could ride our bike to each other's house. So that's what we would do. So in the summer times, if we were if we were not at 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 at, uh, at BC Rain, we were over at uh, at their house, and we would go in the backyard and we would we would play basketball and we would play different games. But uh, those were times where we re- pretty much were just growing up as almost brother and sister the way that we all hung. You remember them days just playing in the backyard? Oh yeah, me and Jeremy always on teams, <laughs> so he could do his sky hook on my team. Because <laughs> Reggie and Kristen always wanted to be on the same team. Shoot, me and Jeremy would get them a few times because couldn't nobody handle them with the sky hook. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we gave Shannon that nickname, the Hawk. The Hawk. Yeah, because we, be, we would be playing, right? And so Shannon would, she would play Kristen. And, and Shannon, we would say, Shannon, put them wings out there. And that's when she would put them arms out there. And she would just, just clamp down on Kristen, and Kristen wouldn't score. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, it was a combination of just Shannon putting that full-court press on her and, and us just and us just talking noise. 
to where Kristen wasn't making the shot. So that's why we call her the name the Hawk. Oh, you yeah. took pride of that name, Shannon? Oh, oh yeah, I took it with me to BC Rain and everything. <laughs> oh, so that was your nickname. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know when when it's your name, you gotta put everything on it. I had Hawk on everything. Hats, okay. T shirts. <laughs> okay. That ain't a bad one to have if you out there balling. That, that that that's a good one. Let's talk about your middle school days, though, going to Government Street. You said you had a few setbacks at Government Street. By the time I got to middle school, I was I was already thinking I was good in basketball, so that's all I was really trying to do. So my sixth grade year, I'm putting up 40, and they passed by two classes. And uh, at Government Street, you know, was passing in public school, went passing there, and I had got set back in sixth grade, and I was sick. Was uh, was your mom sick during that time? She was coming down, yeah, she was? yeah. She was coming down even even at the end of the summer. It had started getting rough, but I didn't realize it was bothering me because I'm I never really been emotional, so. I just took it all in stride, like, oh, I must just ain't do my work. Describe the relationship you and your mom had. Do you think she was tough on you? Yes, I do. I think she was tough on me, and I feel like, man, I can remember so many times. I done, I used to jump on my brother, and she used to be, (laughs) I used to be the only one getting whoopings every day. And I was like, oh, they so hard on me. They just, (laughs) they just don't like how I am. (laughs) But I knew I was a little rebel, though. I, I did my own thing, and. And it took me a while to to realize I was just being like that and with nobody doing nothing to me. But, of course, who who wants to hear that? And I remember my mama sat down with me one time because my brother was crying about a girl. And I came in that bathroom, and she was rubbing his back. I said, why is you babying him? Like, he got a man up. And she was like, oh, you going to know emotions one day. And I think I've been crying ever since. <laughs> <laughs> was basketball like something that you – you found your safe place in? Yes, it really was. And I felt like, oh, this this is what I'm good at if I'm not good at nothing. And I always felt like, oh, this is my ticket out, too, because I was like, my grades wasn't all that. I wasn't the – I'm the average one. I, I could study all day for a good a good B and cook, cook used to study 10 minutes and get an A. And, mm-hmm. and it, used to, it used to get to me a lot because I'm like, well, if – I'm going to have to get this 2.5 at least so I can play, you know. I'm like, I'm not good at everything, but I'm good at that, you know. It took me to get out of, what, I was about 20 when I finally beat Kristen one-on-one, and I felt like I had won the championship. <laughs> Went all the way to Birmingham and, and beat her in the yard and thought I had did something. But it was it was a lot for me, and, and basketball just always been something that I felt like if, if I'm having a bad day or bad night, sometimes – my mom and dad used to come out there late at night, and I still used to be out there, still hooping till if I ain't have to go to school the next day. So I know that's just that's what did it for me. Going back to your uh, middle school days, at that time, like, how was your relationship with with your mom and your dad? Like, were you kind of still in that rebellious state? Had you accepted the fact that they were your mom and dad? Um, were you still seeing them as trying to? trying to learn and trust them? Like, how did you feel inside? I still, I rebelled. I rebelled till I probably was in the probably 10th, 11th grade and just been like, okay, now you now she's gone. Now what you going to do? You didn't act right then, you know. And it took me a while to get over that because even now, sometimes I, I wish I had to listen more or did more because 
you know, you realize how much you need your mom when you get older. When I was younger, I didn't, I didn't care like that, you know, and you know, that's something I live with every day, but I know I always accepted them. I used to get mad sometimes, and that was like the first thing I used to say. And my brother used to tell me, stop saying it all the time. But, oh, yeah, y'all aren't my parents. I, y'all aren't my parents. I used to say it all the time. My brother never would. But if I got mad enough when I was in middle school, I used to say it. I'm like, oh, I don't know those people, but I feel like I wouldn't get whoopings like this, you know. But that's just how I felt, you know. And, and it took me a while to get past that, but, you know, and forgive myself for that. But I know I used to be bad. At the time that you feel like you was being rebellious or not listening? Yeah, I knew it, but I was. I just felt like, oh, you don't have a choice. You know, you putting up with me and y'all done got me now, you know. But I didn't know that I was being like that until I looked back and was like, oh, man, I said some mean stuff. And, you know, like, you know, you live and you get to realizing, you know, how people really don't have to be there for you. And I know they did that for me. And my mama, every time I said it, she used to let me know, well, when you get 18, if that's what you still want to do, just stick with us a little longer. I was like, all right, well, I'll be here a little longer then. But When you say just stick with it a little bit longer, did you ever wonder at that time about about your biological mom? Or- I just really wanted to know about my real parents, not really my foster parents. but And it was really because I was mad. I just, of course, I just felt like, oh, they ain't going to whoop me like you. I'm not going to keep getting in trouble every day. I'm, I need to see who they are and see which one I want to live at. And I used to talk to my brother at night like, well, you can stay here. I'm going to leave, though. I'm going to find them. In. And after a while, my mama, she kept telling me, like, well, if that's what you end up wanting to do when you get older. But then if I wasn't mad no more, I'd get over it. But that day she was like, well, if you if you leave, you leave everything here. I was like, no, I got to keep my stuff. So I stayed, you know. <laughs> She she just always used to laugh about it and try to make me feel like, hey, I know you're gonna have these days, but yeah, my my rebellious, oh, I was I was in there. Anything didn't go my way. That's probably the first thing I'm gonna say. When did you start saying those things about wanting to know your 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 uh, biological parents and stuff like that? When did that set in? Probably like at least like about fifth grade because I started. Um, getting picked on at school all the time for one because mm-hmm. uh, at the school we went to it wasn't a lot of us there. Right. And I was probably four nine for the longest. I'm not that much taller now, but I am taller. And um, I used to come back and be like, uh, they talking about me every day. I don't want to be here. And if I was somewhere else, it wouldn't be like that. Just felt like everything was because I was adopted. And right. and I used to lie to people when people asked me, like, well, why your parents look so much older than you do? And I'm like, I don't know. And they used to ask me was I adopted, and I used to lie because at that time I felt like something was wrong with it, you know. So that used to make me mad all the time because I felt like too many people knew and and I felt like outcast because I was already adopted and everybody else kind of trying to figure it out and it was just a lot for me when I was young so let's kind of fast forward were you in the car today that when they went to the grocery store yes I was um arguing with my brother and um we was just pulling out and we was arguing over the front seat (laughs) and um (laughs) and we wouldn't even get in the car my mama was sitting in the car and she was like y'all get in and me and cook tussling and she started fussing at us real bad and 
she kept saying, what kept the children of Israel out the promised land? And, and we was like, oh, mumbling, grumbling, complaining. She was all right. Well, somebody just get in the back. So my brother went ahead and got in the back. And uh, we rode probably halfway through the parking lot. And, and she just was out. And she had a seizure or whatever. And I froze. My brother then jumped in the front, stopped the car, and ran back to the store. I'm still sitting there, you know. And um, by the time they came back, uh, Jeremy, when he got my dad, uh, my dad came up there, and and it was just like crazy. Can't can't even really remember what what everybody said, but I remember my brother was like he called somebody they come in or whatever and after that it's just i feel like my life been down the drain ever since you know as far as a parent like appreciative you remember that day yeah i remember that day i i can tell people about that day tomorrow like it's it stuck with me for a long time because i remember the day she got sick i felt like it ain't it nothing was the same after that with your mom or with with the family structure, with you? We used to be like the Hustables, you know? Like, <laughs> we did everything together. Like, the McCoys, we did everything together. Like, we was all, like, glue. And then it was like a a, a state of panic, you know? Like, everybody panicked. And, and we did, too. And then, like, things changed at home. Like, everything changed, really. Nothing was the same anymore. It was back and forth to... The places trying to figure out what was wrong, and 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 my mama didn't even talk anymore. Like my dad had to do stuff. He he had to retire that day. Mm-hmm. Like he was going to work that night. He had to retire that day, and all of a sudden, start being with us every day when he always worked. Like mm-hmm. and he went to seeing with us every day and trying to take care of us every day, and that's something he never had to do. So. It was different for him too. Like, was that like the start of that wake up call for you to, you know, appreciate what you actually had? Off and on, because some days I was too mad. Some days mm-hmm. I really was too mad, and I remember that too. Like a lot of days I was mad because so much had changed. Because I remember every my mom didn't necessarily have to work, so she had a little part time job, and she always came and picked us from school. And now we had to catch rides and different people picking us up every day and all that stuff was I didn't like all that and it was like my dad was doing this and, and he wasn't understanding stuff I felt like oh now she let us go here all the time and every Friday we did this you know and it was just too different for me most yeah, times routine, routine had changed up what grade do you remember what grade you was in when that happened I was in the six. Oh, you in the six? Mm-hmm. The second time. <laughs> and Cook was in eighth grade, right? Mm-hmm. From that second stunt in the sixth grade, that was kind of just a change and a shift in in that normal routine that you had kind of grown to to appreciate and love. Yeah, I, I remember everything about it had changed. Even, I mean, it's it's different feeling like I do this and on this day, and then now you don't anymore. Like I've never really been a big person about changing routine and stuff like that and i felt like my mom had kept it consistent so long i didn't even know i liked it like that do you hold any guilt around that particular day do you feel like you and cook arguing had anything yeah i've always felt bad about it i can i've told a few people but Mm -hmm. yeah i've always felt bad about it because i feel like a lot of stuff 
I've always kind of poked and picked that, and I was like, oh, I did too much that day, you know. So it, it took me a while just to get past that, you know, and that's just from talking to people and realizing, like, okay, you didn't have nothing to do with that, but I still felt like I did, you know, mm-hmm. for a long time. Talk about middle school days going into high school because when that whole process of your mom, you know, having having a nurse, your whole routine changing, like, what was your emotional feeling and state at that time? Well, my seventh grade year, I I decided not to play. Um, trying to get make sure I got my grades right for high school because at this point I felt like, okay, we we on our own. Like, my dad didn't even ask for progress reports like mine did. So I was like, oh, got to gotta go ahead and get it. So in seventh grade, I didn't play. And in eighth grade, I was like, well, I'm going to play this year because she came to so many of my games, like, so was she, many. Was she, she she came was, was to she games. Alive? Was she, mm-hmm. alive? she was alive when basketball season was going on. Mm-hmm. And I remember she came to a game. She couldn't even stay long, and she came in. At this point, she was talking a little bit, but I played a few games, and and that was really just for her. But after a while, she started getting worse, you know. On into my brother's ninth grade year, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and try to get in the same school." So I knew after that, I'm finna follow him around just to make sure, you know, we all at the same place. But it just got it got tough then. Like she was she was bad off then, and and that was tough. During that period, did you feel like at that point, um, did you no longer see her maybe as a foster mom, but as your mom, or like? Yeah, I knew I I knew I loved her when she got sick. Cause I, that's a bad way to know if you care about somebody like that. But I wasn't used to caring like that, and I was like, "Oh, I do love her. Oh, she do do this for me. Like, oh, I I just need to do better." So I was like, "That's definitely my mom. Like, I've been like that ever since. Like, now I'm like I'm a real rider. I ride for her, you know. Like, I feel like if I could do it again, I would say it more." Cause I've been accepting her as my mom, even when I was younger, even when I was mad, I still would go back and apologize every time. But she never was mad at me anyway, you know. What grade was were you in when when she passed? Um, middle school. I was in eight. Are oh, you still in eight? I was in eight. Just take us back to that time because your high school days were rough, and I can remember, I can remember you in high school and where where, where you went places that that others haven't haven't gone. But uh, can you just kind of talk about? Um, that day, because Cook was telling me like he had to go to school on that day. Yeah. Um. Actually, that night, he actually said he knew. Um. They had they all went to summer school in the mornings, but yeah. I was up all night long on the computer, like always, running up our phone bill. And um, uh, <laughs> I had went over there. I stood by my mom, and she was just looking, but she wasn't looking at me, and I was like. Mm-hmm. Oh, she ain't gonna say nothing. So I just, I just walked off. And then, like the next morning, you know, one of my other cousins woke me up, and and when she, mm-hmm, and she told me, and I was like, nah. And I turned back over, and then she tapped me again, and I turned around, and I seen almost all my cousins, and I was like, oh, something happened, and. And I felt bad instantly because I was like, I saw her at like 3 o'clock that morning because that's what time I went to sleep. I had been on the computer, and I went and looked 
you know, peeked over the bed before I, I went and I was like, I didn't even say anything worth nothing, you know? So that, that stuck with me a while too, because I felt like I could have said something if I had known. But then when I talked to my brother and he was like, I knew before I went to school when I passed by to get my clothes, you know? And I was like, well, I, I should have said something, you know? And that was, that was rough too. Like, and I'm still not totally over that, but I try not to dwell on it. Just not being able to say anything? Yeah, because nobody was nobody was up but me. Mm. Like, 3 o'clock in the morning, everybody's sleeping. And I'm just, just not finna go get in the bed. And I'm like, oh, well, let me go see what she doing. You know, I went and looked. And I really was just looking, you know. Mm. Didn't know what to say. But I was like, she's not going to say anything back. So I just walked off. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me, like thought about it all the time even as uh, i done got older like i still feel like oh i should have said anything you know but i don't think there's anything you could have said or you could have did during that particular time yeah, that's um, tough. yeah that's, that's tough. Just i can tough. remember i can and i can remember that we had my uh my my grandmother was was living with us and and she um she had cancer and she was she was in her last days and i can remember that same or similar she i can remember her sitting in the middle of the of the living room just with this this stare this gaze like not there still alive but just in this distant place and i and i i vividly remember that and and that night she passed away so yeah, it's 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 tough. You, we always wish we could have said something, but then at that moment, it's like you know, you don't even, you don't even really think about the possibility. You had a rough high school. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> but but one key fact that a lot of people don't know, um, Shannon led the. She was the starting point guard for the BC Rain team. Well, you were in the ninth or tenth grade when ninth, y'all went to state. Ninth. Yeah, you. She was starting as a ninth grader. She was the starting point guard that pretty much led them to the to the um, to the state championship game, and and they lost in that game, but they they made it to they made it to the state championship. Can you let's let's talk about your high school days? How was high school growing up? Now that you had lost your mom and and it was just you cooking and your dad. Man, the first my first year was probably my best year because my brother was in his last year of school. Like he he was he was, he was still there. No, he was a junior, mm-hmm. but he was still there with me. Like I was like, well, at least I got somebody here. In my ninth grade, probably like midway through it, me and my dad started falling out bad, and I was I was locked up every every other week, and I didn't even have enough credits for one of my classes, so I had to take a couple classes over again the next semester. Like it was rough, and and my cousins had to come get me sometimes just so I wouldn't get locked up every day. Like, um, but what was happening? What was the relationship like between between you and, and your dad? In my mind, he was depressed and he was kind of not really there for us. Like, and, and who knows? He might just couldn't be, you know, because I've never lost someone I've been with. So. It was more like, well, okay, you're not doing nothing for us, so I'm going to speak up for us. And the more I said something, the, you know, the matter he used to get at me, and he just was like, oh, I can't control you. So he used to just call the police on me, and they used to come get me. It didn't matter where I was. They done came and got me from school, home, walking, like, and and it was, it was rough. I, I felt like I was there every week, and, and my aunts, 
uh, come get me sometimes, you know, and and my cousin then came from from college to come get me one weekend so I wouldn't go every day. Like we just me and him, we just couldn't make it. Like he was talking to me in a kind of way, I'm talking to him in a kind of way, and I'm and I'm running. I'm running to go stay with one of my folks for about two days and see if stuff cool off and I'm coming back. And what was what was Cook saying during that particular time? He's always been a peacemaker and and I remember the the one time I ran and he stayed and I kept telling him, Come with me and he was like, No and I was like, All right and then like the next day they he ended up going in. He was shocked, you know. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. I was like, you know, but he always kind of been like, well, y'all just stop it. And, and and mom went like that. And, you know, he's never been the Aryan type. But me and my dad used to go back and forth, back and forth until I just used to go go get locked up and Cook would be there by himself. So you were getting locked up during this time. This is, is, this, is this just ninth grade or is this throughout the year? Oh, I got I I got locked up probably like eight times my ninth grade year. But after that, I got locked up for I can't even remember how many times, like a whole bunch of times. I ain't I ain't stopped getting locked up till I was a senior. So I went a whole bunch of times. I miss basketball games, tournaments, uh, holidays, everything. And when we say locked up, we mean like really locked up. Oh yeah, that like take all your stuff and handcuff you to a chair. Like yeah, he he, he was sending me to the little. To the youth center every every week. I was going every week. I was going to court and and you know they was because one of my aunts. I didn't even know one of my aunts was trying to get me, and um because I was going too much. And uh, you didn't know your mom was trying to get us. Yeah, yo, my aunt Mary tried to get us, and and we went to court, and he said he said no, but because I was getting locked up too much. Yeah, I remember everything. I've been. I, don't, I remember everything. I don't been. How, how long would you be there? Every time, at least, at least, uh, till the weekend was over. So if Ooh. I went on a Thursday, I'd be there till Monday, and then now I go to school. That's why I thought I wasn't gonna have enough credits and everything. You know, it was just, it was just getting bad. That's why my aunt was just trying to get me because I wasn't hardly ever at school. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So she, when you say she was trying to. Trying to get full custody of you, or just trying when you say just trying to get you to stay over at the house? No, um, she was trying to get uh, adopt us because my dad. I see, I didn't know. Um, she was trying to adopt us until we got to court that day, and I was like, "Um, I don't think so." See, I had came from Houston. See, they just walked me over to the to the court because I was already there. But when I got to the court, uh, I seen I seen uh some of my aunts there and. I heard my dad say no, and and they couldn't have me or whatever. But and then I I just went on back to the other side. You know, they locked me back up. You know, cause he had all to say so, but he didn't. You know, he just he was being some type of way too. So it was like, well, I can't go with them, but I gotta keep staying up in here. It was just no medium. So I was just getting angry at this point. You know, so. We just never really got any better in 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 uh, high school. But I mean, let's just be fair to Uncle Uncle uh, Uncle Marvin because um, he had been going through a lot as well. Yeah, I I, th- I think he I really think he was depressed and, and he wasn't used to ha- like to have to having us just him, mm-hmm. you know. And and to me, for for a man, I feel like we're not kids. That's that's hard. Like we doing already doing our own thing and and we I. 
I'm more up to not really listen. See, my brother, he'll listen, but I'm like, no, that ain't what I've been doing. That's not what I'm doing. You know, so just making it hard for him, and, and he was already going through it, so he just didn't, you know, he really wasn't up for it, you know, at all. You eventually was able to graduate. How was graduation day for you? Oh, I felt great. Um, I had big plans. Uh, <laughs> I had big plans, <laughs> big plans for myself, uh, really, and, and when I walked under the, um, under the little overpass to even come in, I seen at least about six, seven of my cousins before we ever crossed. So I was like, yeah, I got support, you know, and that's all I really wanted, like, to feel like, hey, you know, y'all got my back, you know, because that's always been me. Like, I'm easy to feel like, oh, I'm out here by myself. And then that day, I'm like, I definitely know I'm not. What you decide to do after graduation? Um, I actually had scholarships for so many colleges in Florida, but none for West Alabama, and I had to follow my brother. So I, I'm trying to fill out papers that I don't understand. Like, I got to go here, though, you know, and um, I went to West Alabama with him for a semester, and I was like, I got to do something else. And I remember taking the ASFAB when I was in the 11th, and they was calling me every day. And I asked my brother, well, how about we go to the military? And we you wanted to go with Cook. Yeah, I wanted to go wherever he went, you know. So he was like, well, I'll try when you try. So I went to the Air Force, and he was supposed to come behind me, but he had that little asthma. They wouldn't let him in, you know. But said that little asthma. But that was that was really um, how it started for me. I, I, I tried college, but school's never really, really been my thing. But uh, I was going to try because, hey, I wanted to be with my brother. I just felt like we had to stick together at this point, you know. And um, But I liked the Air Force when I went. I I stayed in that until, what, 2006, and then my time was up in 13. So, you know, I've been, I've been pretty good with it, been here ever since. But I really liked the Air Force. Like, I really liked it. So so <clears throat> you you did the Air Force thing. You're not doing the Air Force anymore, but there there comes a point in time where where you get the call from Cook, and Cook has found y'all biological mom. Even the day that he called, I was I just didn't really know what to say. I was like, "Why did you do that?" Because at this point, I don't. I felt like, oh, I don't want to do mom and dad like that. Like, oh, you know, then I felt like, oh, no, they're my family. Now I'm older. Like, no, I can't. Like, I'm I'm easy to feel like I'm not being loyal. Loyal, yeah. So I'm like, no, I can't really do it, but I'll speak and stuff like that. So, I mean, we're totally opposite. Like, he's open arms. I'm like, when you call, I speak and, mm-hmm. I, you know, that's all right. You know, and, and even when I talk, I mean, I speak on my mom and my dad and, you know, I call you by your name, you know, more like you could probably be someone that could be my friend or whatever. But I'm I'm just not like that. I'm not real trusting and loving like that's not me. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you can't tell me every single thing that went on or why, then I just don't feel like we had that much to talk about. You know, but teachers on. I know cooks. He's a little bug, so, <laughs> <laughs> so 
so so he you know he he forgives and forgets like i was mad at first you know and then i'm like it doesn't even matter i think it can become like a loyalty issue when you start introducing you know new people new family members and stuff like that like um there are some of us that are just not that quick to embrace the whole situation and of course we're not going to replace or elevate anyone higher than those people that have been with us from the mud. So, I mean, I, I think that's a real feeling. Um, and I guess in a certain, certain degree, it's an expected feeling. Like Shannon, do you, um, like, where are you at now? Like, how, where are you at with, 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 with you and, and, and uncle and uh, uncle Marvin and, and like, what's that relationship like looking back and now? Oh man, I love Marvin. I, I love talking to him on the phone. Like he just more accepting of me as a person. As I got older, like at first he just wasn't accepting me as a person. And then when he started talking to me more and actually telling me, Hey, I know I did this wrong. And, you know, and he said, like, I, you know, I didn't really know what to do. And, and that was fine. Like, I'm, I'm going to accept your apology and press on because you did raise me. Like, I'm not holding nothing on you. And I know I was bad anyway, you know, so for you to feel like it was your fault, that, hey, that's fine with me. I can say, hey, it really wasn't, but thanks for caring, you know, but yeah, I love Marvin. Yeah. I call him Marvin though, because he thinks it's funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are you trying to develop a relationship with your biological mom at all? Or are you just more or less going to keep it as? I mean, when she calls for, you know, my birthday and, and holidays and stuff and say she loved me. And I tell her I appreciate it. And, you know, I keep moving. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a problem with it. But at the same time, I, I don't have a lot for you either, you know. And it's it's all love on, at the end of the day because, I, I mean, I get you. I see you and be like, well, in my mind, I really just wanted to know how I was going to look when I grew up. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, and that's things me and my brother used to talk about, like, man, I wonder what we going to look like or what our kids going to look like. Or, you know, stuff that we don't know, like traits, you know, stuff we might have, heart conditions. You know, you never know. So after that, I asked all those questions the first day. And I feel like I had got it all. Like, okay, well, that's all I wanted, and I'm moving on. Have you spoken to any of your 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 siblings, half siblings? Um, yes. Um, the Courtney, the sister. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's cool. You know, I called her when some joints came out and asked her, "Did she have them in her city?" You know, because it's not her fault. She didn't know me either. You know, so <laughs> you know, I asked her this, that, you know, but. Like she's more like me, actually. Like as far as the 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 siblings, she's fine with us talking, and, and you know. But she like you know won't have to talk every day. I know you don't know me, and I don't know you, you know. So mm-hmm. it'd be it'd be fine, you know. They expect that from my brother. Like he he's don't call every day. If they hear from me at all, they'd be fine. Like your biological mother has she been making attempts to be more involved in what you got going on? Oh, she tried, and I give her that. She tried, but she was uh talking through my brother, and, like, mm-hmm. I just don't think she really want to talk to me, and my brother, like, that ain't really her. Like, she pretty cut and drive. She want to talk to you, she'll let you know. Like, that's just me. So she tried, like, a couple days straight, and I'm like, uh, I really, like, we don't have to talk like that. I don't have that much to say. I mean, because mm-hmm. after a while, I'm going to start asking you stuff that I want to know, and, and I feel like you didn't, you haven't told me the whys yet. And to me, that's important. 
I I can't get past and and feel some type of trust in you if if I don't know why everything happened. So if you feel like you know you don't want to talk about it or maybe it's embarrassing or whatever, like I get that, but we we can't be close either, you know? Because to me that's just like lying. Like you you trying to fool me for my trust, and I just I'm not really like that. What's next, Shannon? We grown now. <laughs> you ain't little Shannon no more. You're not my little cousin, my little sister. You are you over thirty. Are you 30? I'm 30 now. What are you, what's your next step? The sky's the limit for me, Jeremy. The sky's the limit. Um, I have a couple of things I want to do. I actually want to get with the police department, but I really want to make 10 steps first, though. Like, you know, I want to get with the corrections and stuff first. But, like, right now, my, um, I'm working in mental health and I'm traveling, like, you know, I'm just having fun right now. And when I get to where I got a date that, hey, I can start doing this. So until that day, I'm just working. That's all, you know, working. I got big plans, though, you know. So, you know, I feel like at this point, I'm just glad that I've came this far. Like, I used to feel like I would never really get on my feet or nothing. So mm-hmm. now that I feel like I actually have goals and plans and stuff, that, whereas I had none. So, you know, I'm optimistic, full of hope. I worry about you. I, doesn't everybody. <laughs> like, people, they worry about me. BG, they worry about me. And they I worry be, about you. They worry about me. They act like, <laughs> they act like I'm just out there in the wind. That's that love, though. That's- <laughs> and I'm telling you, like, I, I live in Mobile, and people in Mobile think I stay somewhere else. I just be on the move. Uh-huh. Yeah, they worry about you when they when they can't keep up with you. They yeah. worry about you. They don't know what yeah. you got going on. I, I worry about Shannon because, like I said, I've known Shannon from the day she – that that they were that they became a part of our family and you know i've seen the evolution and and the change in shannon personally and so you know i talk to cook on the on a frequent basis and so i always you know i always ask about shannon through cook but i think it's important to get both sides of of that experience because um, as Shannon mentioned, cooks the love bug, as she called it. But I think it's important that we that we value Shannon's perspective just as much as we value Cook's um, perspective. But um, are you happy, Shannon? Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm happy with life. Like I try not to worry and stress about it too much. And I mean, maybe because I don't have kids in a full family like Cook, but I'm more like. I can, my brother told me I can make mistakes, you know? Mm-hmm. And so even when, you know, cause I was pushing myself last month, like telling him stuff I want to do. And, oh, you think I need to go to school for this? And he's like, you know, you can fail, you know, try though, you know? So in my mind, it's like, he said anything I could do, I could do it. So, you know, like I'm optimistic too, you know, I am happy. You know, I feel like I'm at a good point in my life to where I actually feel like I'm going forward. So it's a process too. I mean, considering, you know, you and Cook's store, like you all had to deal with some some real major situations. But it's so funny though, at BG, young ages. And it's funny though, BG, because she cause cause every time I'm like, Shannon, I want you on the show. She like, why? Like to Shannon, this is nothing. Like this her story is is a average everyday story. And I don't know if that just speaks to, to, to her humbleness or it, what it speaks to about her, but this is not a, uh, a traditional story. It's not. 
It's not, but you when you when you in it, you don't really think about it. But I I think, and then I commend both of them um, for for taking the, the time to come and talk about this in this platform to really open up and be honest and be sincere about what was going on and what they were feeling. Because, like we always say, there'll be people that'll be listening to this that will have some type of experience that may be very similar to this, and to hear this story coming from that from that core will mean a lot. Um, and and, it's, and you can hear it. Like, you can hear the um, the maturity and the progression that has already take, taken place. And it's, it's only going to go up higher as that process continues. So, yeah. It's important that we share these type of stories to the listeners. Um, as we mentioned in our holiday show, and um, just talking about empowering your circle and your peers and giving folks a platform, it's very important that I got Shannon on to, to tell this story. And to me, um, for multiple fronts, and I'll leave that at that. But, um, Shannon, just what would you share with other foster children or, um, just in general? What, what type of words would you leave with them that kind of has stuck with you over the past few years? Be proud of who you are and know that you got plenty of parents. You know, like if you, if you had adopted parents, foster parents, now you got like three moms, two dads, you know, whereas everybody else just got one and one, you know, so you the one that's special, you know, and I had to learn that from a friend, you know, who, you know, who was in the same situation, you know, be proud of it, you know, know that, hey, look at you, you got two moms, two dads, like what about everybody else? They just got two. So, you know, you got to feel special, know that, hey, at the end of the day, you, you are loved by plenty of people. That's what's up, BG. Anything you want to leave the people with? This is what we do, Free Lunch Podcast. This is no games, no gimmicks. This is real stories, real testimonies, man. And hopefully by listening to this, you'll be empowered um, and inspired to make make something with the life that you've been given. Um, And Shannon, you know I love you. And you know that, you know, I was even rough on Shannon at times because, you know, I've always wanted wanted the best for Shannon. Um, and like I said, like, that's my little sister. Uh, we, we literally all grew up together. So thank you for being on the show and, and, and just talking and sharing your story because it's real. You know, it's real. It's authentic. It's genuine. And, and, and the one thing I took away from it is trust and loyalty. Um, you, you try, uh, it's hard. To, it's a lot for you to trust, but when you trust, you're very loyal to those individuals. So, um, I respect that. So. You growing up, man. Hey. <laughs> I appreciate y'all having me. VG, how can the people reach us? Yeah, peace and blessings. Cook, we see your boy, Shannon. We thank you for coming and joining us. Uh, of course, you can start with, we still got freelunchpodcast.com, website, podcast, blog, all that information, Twitter, Free Lunch Pod, C, Instagram, Free Lunch Podcast. We are a member of the New South Movement Network. Uh, I have a full podcast catalog. Uh, you can check for us on iTunes, New South Movement Network, as stated, uh, SoundCloud, same thing. We're all over the place. And don't forget, YouTube. We got videos coming now, people. 2016 is going to be lit. Free Lunch TV. That's that a is lot. a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot going on right there. I just could get through that thing. Now I got to catch my breath, drink a sip of water. Crazy. It is. It is. But this is the Free Lunch Podcast. We got the home girl with us from the home team. We got Cook Shannon. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for Ashley, Ashley in that thing. Yep, part of the Free Lunch Podcast team. Yep, and uh, we got 
BGZ, what's going yes, on? Yes, sir. It's been, a, it's been a blessing, but I got to run. We got to go. Peace. Free Lunch Podcast. Home of the New South Movement. We out of here. Yeah, yeah.